Myrna, thanks for joining us today. You know, you typically are on the other side where, you know, you're interviewing people for us. So thank you so much for joining us today. And um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so um, much for having me again. I'm really thrilled to be here and to have some very specific things to share this year. Um, you know, what's, what's happening in the different parts of the world. And I can't wait. Okay. All right. Well, then I will let you um, get going. Well, you could stay for this part. Here's one thing I love, okay. if you want. Yes. Um, yes. I'm noticing the uh, the underlying tie, um, the theme of, of the day, but also of almost all, probably all of your speakers and the organizations that you par partner with, you know, and it's basically, um, of course, it's like taking care of the planet of Mother Earth because we get our life from earth and because humanity needs a place to live, right? A healthy place mm -hmm. to live. And our health is tied to the planet, but also the indigenous cultures around the world are the ones taking care of the earth. Um, and it maybe has been said already today, but five indigenous people are 5% of the population and they take care of 80% yes. of- 80%. Natural resources. It's a quote from the UN, but it's quoted all over the place. It's really powerful, right? I mean, it's so important. Your work with Her Many Voices and the other organizations with whom you partner here, I'm just, it's the, it's really important work. So I'm just noticing that as I'm listening today and there's other organizations, you know, that we can tie in. There's a new organization called Connect Aid. And they are a social network for everyone in the world working on this UN SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals. And okay. they just launched literally, I think, four days ago to connect us all so that we're all, we can all communicate and get on the same page and work on projects together. I just think it's brilliant what they're doing. That's um, a woman named Gail Mowgli who was with the UN for many, many years. So That's a familiar name. Can't wait to introduce you guys if you don't already know her. And um, yeah, so I'm really excited about all that. I wanted to share that. You know, you've known this forever, but I think the light bulbs, you know, go off more and more and it gets lighter well, and lighter. Yeah. I mean, the reality is, is that we are finally, there's this awakening, a global awakening to recognize indigenous peoples are 5%, a little less on the planet, and yet hold 80%, 80%. And so it's time to stop just giving lip service to indigenous peoples and the wisdom that, you know, traditional values and all of that. It's time to stop, sit, be still, listen, and take that knowledge and implement it in our everyday lives. Because I it is the only thing that will truly change this. Exactly. In fact, there's an article from The Guardian from about a month ago that's the headline is protect indigenous people's rights or the Paris mm. climate goals will fail. Exactly. And that's directly from a report about this. And oh my gosh, the way you just said that though, Alicia, that 3% of the people in the world are holding, holding this responsibility, holding the earth, holding it, honoring it against all odd, odds almost, right? Against development, against deforestation, against the polluting of the rivers. Like, I love that how you said that. They're, we, you, you are holding it. 
it's just really, really a wonderful way to acknowledge that. So thank you. Thanks. All right. So um, okay. thank you, Alicia. I'm so glad you were here with me. All right. Have fun, Myrna. Okay. So um, I'll be talking, interviewing Nathan Gray in a moment here, who's the founder of Geoversity. Um, I'm all set here. Uh, founder of Geoversity in Panama. And first, though, what we'll do is show a short video. That's actually the Jane Goodall Institute. It's Jane Goodall at um, the Geoversity Mamani Valley Preserve, the nature preserve in the middle of Panama, where she was running her youth program called Youth sorry, Roots and Shoots. So let's watch that video now as um, Nathan is arriving from Panama into our green room. Thank you, Mikey. I always suggest that people learn a little bit more and think about the consequences of the small choices they make each day. Hundreds and thousands of young people like you all around the world can break through and make this a better world for all living things. Every single one of you has a voice that is listened to. is holistic so the projects are to help people to help animals to help the environment with a theme of learning to live in peace and harmony not only with each other but with the natural world siento que la juventud necesita formarse le llegará el momento que tiene que asumir su rol de líderes dentro de sus comunidades se han encontrado estos jóvenes de 12 naciones para hablar de cómo mejorar el mundo, cómo mejorar sus países y cómo mejorar la vida en la tierra, cada uno haciendo su pedacito. Todos cuando éramos chicos queríamos cambiar el mundo y ahora que somos adultos podemos hacer eso de alguna manera. El problema ambiental de mi país me afecta, me causa dolor y yo quiero tomar acción. I do get upset, but that's what keeps me going and what tells me, you know, if you are upset with something, you have to keep working so that you can change it. When you sit down and you talk with other people and they show you their successes and you can, you know, share your, your challenges and they can help, you know, you develop new ideas. And so always feeling like you are part of this, you know, the Jane Goodall Institute family. Realmente acá me di cuenta del poder que tenemos toda Latinoamérica. Somos todos hermanos y tenemos el poder y lo vamos a lograr. If we can get that new generation that understands we need money to live but shouldn't be living for money, if we can get that to a critical mass uh, in time, then we're going to start seeing the major change. Wonderful. Wonderful. 
Nathan Gray, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here with us. Well, All the way from Panama. Thank you, Mirna. It's a pleasure to be here. And, and I'm getting a nostalgia rush having Jane with us on four different occasions over the years. And, and that video, which I'm Sorry, it doesn't have uh, subtitles, but I think the energy of these young people from all over the Americas, I, I think, communicates uh, pretty well. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So many special memories. That's wonderful. You know, I um, now that you're with us, I'd like to just uh, do a quick one-sentence summary of Geoversity, then hear the introduction from you about Geoversity, and then uh, talk a little bit more about, um, about Jane, if you'd like. Um, Geoversity is creating conservation communities and life-changing learning experiences for biocultural leadership. The um, Nature Preserve is in the middle of Panama, and I'd love for you to introduce Geoversity, Nathan. Sure. Thank you, Myrna. And, and uh, who better to be in, in a conversation with than you, who, who has been with us uh, deep in the jungle with you mm. and your son and some of our other uh, amazing companions. An adventure. Um, well, you may have noticed that the organizational name in that short video is Earth Train, and that's how we began um, as a worldwide campaign, youth leaders calling young people to action with the theme, don't wait for adults to clean up this mess, take action now. Uh, and here's uh, our example, you know, these youth that were on our Earth Trains, our earth train journeys across continents were young people who as young as 14, 16 years old were mounting nationwide speaking tours, campaigns in the Amazon and so forth. And they were really out there on their own train as uh, coaches, role models, uh, agitators to get young people to move. And it's really quite remarkable to think that was back in 1992, uh, in the same year, we brought 450 youth to the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro. But in a, in a nutshell, as you, wrote, you read our mission statement, we created a campus, uh, a natural ecological reserve campus that is now uh, close to 13,000 acres. And it's in a remarkable ecosystem, a remarkable uh, bioregion in a part of the world that is like a little umbilical cord between two continents and separating the two great oceans. Panama is just that. It's this corridor of precious life um, where, and where we are is precisely where that little corridor was quite vulnerable. And so we put ourselves, our work, our spirit, our mission, along with our neighbors, our brothers and sisters of the Kuna Nation, to create something that today is quite special. And that's why Jane uh, has come and why they take seriously it as a campus for the, if you will, the fu future pilots of Spaceship Earth. So that's, that's a, in a nutshell, <laughs> what we're about. Thank you so much. Yes, to quote Buck, Mr. Fuller, right? Spaceship Earth. Um, we have the website here. Please feel free to visit geoversity.org. You'll see so many photos and videos and beautiful writing and learn all about geoversity uh, at that website. Um, so one of the things I wanted to just touch on briefly is the incredible presence that you had at COP26 in Glasgow, Scotland, 
You know, that big meeting was of the UN conveners. It was in November. And um, I'd like you to share a little bit about, about the bamboo arc because um, it ties so perfectly into what Tommy Nahulu was talking about a few hours ago about building their their vessel and the importance of navigation and the sense of place. So if you could share a little bit about the arc, that would be great uh, before sure. we talk more about water. Well, let me, if, I, if I may, let me just put it in a little bit of a context. Um, so sure. our big theme and our focus is what we call biocultural leadership. It's, it's a phrase, if you Google it, you'll come to us. It's, it's a phrase that I'm happy Jane adopted and other remarkable leaders. Um, and it's really about, uh, above all, a worldview shift, right? Where we're getting away from uh, five uh, millennia of being uh, centric focus. We humans are above <laughs> nature, uh, apart from nature, and uh, in, in back to our, our roots, back to the fundamental notion of our oneness with nature. And where that's so deeply felt to this day is among so many indigenous cultures. And that's why our partnership with the Kuna nations, with the Embara, with the other a total of seven indigenous peoples of Panama, it's grounded in that worldview. It's grounded in this shared commitment for, for stewardship. And we're, um, been, we've been very focused on protecting forest um, and uh, the uh, preciousness of river watersheds, but ultimately the health of our terrestrial water sources determines in large measure the health of our oceans. You know, if you look at the nurseries of the oceans of planet Earth, those are the coastal wetlands, the mangroves and and, and other forms of, of coastal habitat where life, oceanic life uh, in large measure is originated and is sustained by the flow of fresh water into those environments. So we realized that our agenda wasn't complete until and unless we adopted uh, a significant focus on ocean regeneration. And so our Kuna friends who <laughs> are island dwellers and their islands are going underwater with uh, the consequences of global warming and a rising sea said, right, let's get going on this. And so we combined the two concepts, upland rainforest, freshwater sources, the integrity, ultimately the restoration of river environments where bamboo figures significantly. It also is a green steel. Um, and I mean, with two E's. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, a sensible alternative to dugouts that are causing a loss of key uh, tree species uh, or fiberglass boats, which are just a, a mess. And so the bamboo arc, which really has a 10 year trajectory is on two course settings. Number one is the very practical agenda. Bamboo represents a viable alternative. It's a good source. It's a great way to sequester carbon. It's a great building material. It's a great alternative to obviously concrete and wood. And how do you cure it? How do you work with it? This is agenda number one. So that that's a resource. Much like, right? 
and much like hemp, many of this community is very involved with building with hemp. Yeah. So the, so the benefits are very, very similar. Yes. They're, yeah, these green, people are green, definitely green, that. green building resources and also natural design uh, where you're able to accomplish something uh, with a minimum of uh, cost and a minimum of negative impact on Mother Nature. The second track, and candidly the one that speaks to me most deeply and speaks to the very origin of the earth train is the journey that you build these vessels uh, and young people you know, ideally with elders like Jane or the oceanographer Sylvia Earle or, or honorary grandparents if you will honorary skippers that were were mounting coastal journeys and these young people whereas uh, ironically uh, 30 years ago we were 20 Five years ago, we were doing train journeys across continents. Now we're plying the coasts of continents in bamboo arcs. And these journeys, these are really also call to actions and, and also a call back to our roots, to our, to our uh, origin, our, our original uh, organic cosmology. And so that's it. It's, it, it's really a, a twinning of the two journeys that we have going right now. Thank you, Nathan. I also want to just mention, I can't resist, that through Geoversity, we set up the transcontinental life changer journey that literally takes people from one coast on the Pacific side of up over the continental divide through indigenous regions in Panama to the Caribbean. And it's, the, it's obviously the thinnest slice of land that exists between those two oceans. And we've created a journey for that. It's about six days of incredible biking, boat, you know, biking, sailboating, hiking, as well as um, as as floating down the river on the other side into the Guna region that you mentioned, where they're living on the islands. Um, right, and it's zero carbon, and your guides are some of the most inspired young indigenous leaders you'll ever want to meet. And this journey, is a, this, this journey is open to anyone. I want to mention to you, if you want to get inspired, if you want to go to Panama, have an incredible experience like that. That's why we call it the life changer. Um, that's, that's available to anyone. So right. I wanted to I mention, mention that. In terms of COP26, uh, talk about a hero's journey. Um, one of the uh, leaders of the Bamboo Arc Initiative is a young woman. She's a student of architecture, uh, Agar. Uh, Agar Kenya. And she actually got into architectural studies through one of our bamboo workshops and, and got sort of besotted with the idea <laughs> of being a, a specialist in that. But she came up with the idea as we began working on the bamboo arc, she and another indigenous leader, Enrique Lipe, uh, uh, the founder of the Kuna Youth Congress, came up with the idea um, of creating the sail for the boat which in its first iteration will be a 12 meter catamaran. Um, and that the sail would be one of those traditional cloth applique uh, pieces of art that is unique to Kuna culture called a mola. Uh, and so they created the sail in the, uh, as a mola. Um, and the sail is almost 40 feet tall by 18 feet wide. 40 women worked intensely. That's, a, that's an example of a mola. There you go. Um, and these are, you know, many of the traditional ones are as many as nine uh, layers of cloth deep, kind of like a, 
a quilt, but a different technique. In yeah, India, that's... 42 women worked intensely for three months, made the deadline. We brought it to Glasgow, unfurled it, not only unfurled it in the middle of all the, uh, the dignitaries and the corporate greenwashing executives and all that, which is a little bit of guerrilla marketing, but then it was projected onto the giant uh, assembly hall for billions of people to see with the theme, bamboo arc, mola sail, uh, youth, uh, the youth of the hope. Is that and what so, they call the armadillo, that giant outdoor structure right. they call the armadillo? When you go to our website, you'll see a photo of that amazing yeah. moment uh, on the uh, head of our website. Yeah. So that's one example of many, many amazing projects and things that we are doing with Geoversity. Um, and we have uh, a short video, another short video to share you, with you because the, the last thing we really want to talk about is a project called Diane Mayala. And it's, I think it's the first time some of these indigenous groups have worked together to protect the water. And the reason that's so important, and Nathan's going to elucidate on this, the reason that's so important is because the watershed in that area of Panama goes down and it provides fresh water for everyone in Panama City, but also the canal itself, the Panama Canal, which is a huge economic um, driver and it's a very important place in Panama. So do you want to say a little bit, how about if we play the video, because we only have a few minutes and then I'd love for you to wrap up for us, Nathan. Sure. Okay. Los Emereiwounan somos protectores del agua y del bosque, de las cuencas del río Chagres, Gatún y Gamboa, que nacen en la cordillera del Dian Mayala. Nuestro territorio se encuentra en un proceso de deforestación causada por colonos, llegando a perder de un 15 a un 20% de cobertura forestal desde la creación del Parque Nacional Chagres de 1985. Yo como cacique regional de la cuenca hidrográfica del Canal de Panamá, eh, represento a ocho comunidades. Conocido como Emberara en Juanzó, provee agua potable a toda la capital, cuya demanda ha llegado al límite de la producción de la cuenca. Ellos vieron que si podían beneficiarse del agua, tendría que previamente cuidar el bosque en el área. Ahí está el beneficio para el cambio climático, porque no tienen el agua, si no tiene una conservación muy, muy clara y efectiva de las cuencas con su vegetación forestal. La conservación y preservación de Diamayala, este cerro es tan importante porque allí, según nuestros ancestros, tanto los cunas como los enverá que han llegado a este cerro, nos cuentan que nacen allí siete ríos, unos que van hacia el Pacífico por Mamoní, otros ríos que caen por acá, la cuenca hidrográfica del canal de Panamá y otros ríos que caen a Cunayala. Hemos podido lograr identificar una aplicación para teléfonos satelitales con sistemas de información geográfica que se llama SMART. Eso es un sistema desarrollado con un socio Rewild encabezado por Leonardo DiCaprio. Ellos tenían un sistema para monitorear efectos negativos en ambientes. Ahora lo hemos desarrollado a un nivel nuevo, donde también captamos justamente los efectos positivos que llega a complementar muy, muy bien esta aplicación. Es decir, las comunidades escogen, detectan estos datos 
y reportan a su propio territorio y autoridades y también al Estado donde llegue ese conveniente. Y eso es importante porque debe haber un sistema sencillo y efectivo para que el Ministerio del Ambiente pueda reportar sus NDCs, es decir, contribuciones nacionalmente determinadas al nivel anual al sistema eh, global UNFCC, donde reportan justamente avances en su mitigación y adaptación al cambio climático. Normalmente una organización sin fines de lucro vive en un, un vacío eh, poco desconectado del sector privado y el Estado. Fundación Diversity nos ubicamos en el espacio entre estos dos actores y también los pueblos indígenas y la sociedad civil. Este posicionamiento estratégico, creo yo, ha permitido que hemos sido recibidos al nivel institucional del Estado con los pueblos indígenas en este proceso. Diversity ya trabajó temas de cambio climático. De hecho, nuestra misión es que hay renovación biocultural, que todos los seres humanos comenzamos a vincularnos de una forma más sana con la naturaleza. Porque si no se logra activar toda una sociedad, más allá de empresas privadas y estados, no vamos a cambiar nada en relación al tema del cambio climático. Fuimos invitados por el Ministerio del Ambiente, el gobierno de Panamá, al COP26 en Glasgow. En esta ocasión teníamos la oportunidad de presentar, junto con el Ministro de Ambiente y el Ministro de Turismo, todos los resultados de este proceso. Logramos firmar un convenio con la Autoridad de Turismo de Panamá, con el ministro Iván Eskilsen, para reactivar el turismo con otro concepto después de la pandemia COVID aquí en Panamá. Beautiful. So allow me to give a quick testimonial, Nathan, before you take us home, okay? We have about two minutes left, okay? <laughs> Everything you saw in those videos is, is in Panama, either at the Nature Preserve, Mamani Valley Preserve, or in the indigenous territory. It is beautiful, it's stunning, it's really the jungle. And I just wanna say, it's such a privilege, Nathan, to have worked with you and to be able to go there and everything I've learned in the past three years of, of going to Panama is just really extraordinary. Um, as you know, I was just there last week filming a show for PBS called Behind the Wings. And I, Nathan led me and took, you know, took us out to the Embera territory to interview someone who was just featured in that video, Chief Antonico, Antoni, sorry, not Antonio, Antonito Zarco, and I got to get that right. Mm -hmm. And um, it was really amazing. So I just want to say, you know, like my work with Her Many Voices, which I also love, and our missions are so aligned, the two organizations. Um, I thank you so much for all of that. And I'd love for you to share whatever you'd like about the project, about the water, and any closing remarks. Well, I, I feel that really the words you've just shared with everybody are, are key and that they're coming from you, a woman who's given so much to us, to the world as a mother of a very precious boy who uh, is gifted with all kinds of amazing talents. Um, and it is appropriate that 
with this focus on water, we're reminded of how important that we get into the flow, the flow of life, um, that we discover pathways uh, of least resistance, least violence, and that ultimately connect us in so many ways. And the indigenous nations have cooperated. There's a number of collaborative ventures and, and uh, indigenous councils, regional, national, global. We were part of a global one in uh, Glasgow. However, I think what's very unique about this initiative, Beyond Mayala, is it's very much grounded in a place where uh, distinct uh, watersheds are united from one sacred mountain, one sacred ridge, and we're reminded of uh, <clears throat> just the, the preciousness of life and how with the flow of our, you know, this precious resource, water, which is a living being, <laughs> lest we forget, um, that it is a reminder of the job we have ahead of us. And the voyage of the bamboo ark on water, uh, <laughs> I, I think is the best way we could possibly begin to celebrate that. So I encourage everybody, stay in touch with geoversity.org. Um, we're launching an adventure that I think you'll find exciting. And there's a place on the bamboo arc for you. We hope you'll join us. Thank you so much. Alicia Fall is joining us now. Alicia is the founder of Harmony Voices. Uh, this is like a wonderful day in my world. You're meeting each other finally. <laughs> Good, work. Good to see you, Nathan. Thank you for joining us again this year. My pleasure. And the, the website here is uh, Apogee Spatial is my magazine that I've owned for 19 years about geodata and mapping, and it's all about the earth as well. So thank you so much, Alicia, for having us. And thank you, Nathan, for being here with us. Pleasure. Thank you both. And it was a pleasure. It was really a joy to see the Jane video as well. I, I had the pleasure of spending an afternoon with Dr. Jane. So, yeah. Beautiful. We need more people like, the, like her in the world. And you. Ah, thank you, Nathan. <laughs> All right. You guys enjoy the rest of your Earth Day. Thank you. Many blessings. Jeez.